0: Thanks for tuning in to Gen X Unlatched, the podcast that's designed to help Gen Xers avoid the misery of waiting until retirement to enjoy the freedoms they crave in life now. In each episode, Dr. Mario teaches Gen Xers how to successfully cross the intersection of growth and change to enter their next chapter of life with a mindset, skills, They need to live a more gratifying life. If your responsibilities to others cause you to give up on pursuing life's freedoms, this podcast is for you. Join Dr. Mario as he helps Gen Xers like you reignite their passion for achieving their most ambitious dreams. Now, here's your host, professional coach, lifelong learner, educator, and speaker. Dr. Mario Jackson.
1: Hey, folks, welcome back to another episode of Gen X Unlatched. Now, this is the only podcast that teaches Gen Xers how to ditch the idea of waiting until retirement to enjoy the freedoms they crave in life now. Now, I'm your host, Dr. Mario, and in this episode, you are gonna hear the rest of my interview with my panel of professional women explaining their experiences with love and relationships. Now, in part one of my conversation, the ladies explained what they wish they'd known sooner about dating and relationships. And they also told a few dating stories that probably caught your attention or made you chuckle or giggle just a little bit. But in part two of my conversation with the ladies, They're going to jump into those dating nightmares and explain how they've used what they've learned in their current relationships. They're also going to talk a little bit more about how their expectations for love and relationships have developed over time. Now, if you haven't heard part one of this conversation, press pause, scroll up and go back and listen to that episode. Now, without further ado, here's part two of my conversation with the ladies panel.
2: Now, Rhea, I know you got some crazy stories about horrible dating. I know you got
3: some. Um, I can talk about me being crazy and horrible. Um, I did learn that I have not always been the best version of myself. So I've contributed to some of my life circumstances, consequences, um, and even challenges. Um, the worst experience with someone else I'm um, on the way back from the Bahamas I'm talking about just chilling we at the airport got a six-hour layover because the flight was delayed and we just chilling, and just sitting and he's showing me something on his phone and then there's like a little text come across the screen I've never even said this out loud um little text come across the screen saying like um I hope you enjoyed your trip babe I never mentioned it when I went back I just waited to just to see how he would respond I politely packed my l- few items that was at his house and never went back.
2: Did he know that you saw that text?
3: I don't owe him that. Just like he didn't owe me, with being honest that he was dating someone else, I don't owe him a response. My Got loyalty you. is okay. given where it is uh, reciprocated, and it's, I didn't get that.
2: Well, we'll we'll leave the land of horrible dating for just a few minutes. Uh, however, we may return.
3: What's
2: one thing you wish you'd known sooner? about love or dating or even relationships? What do you wish you'd known before that?
3: I wish I knew to put me first. um, Being raised by a grandmother who took care of all of her sons because all of the systems were already set up against them. I was raised where the girls were taught to be hard and the boys were um, coddled and, you know, knew that mom and and the sisters and the daughters and everybody else was going to be there. And so I sort of picked up on those habits And it got to the point to where I would put my dad first, my boyfriend, my husband, um, my son, like I would put them first. But in reality, if I don't take care of me, I wouldn't even be here to help with them. If I don't love on me, I'm not even showing them the way I deserve to be loved. So during that time in between my marriages, when I was out there like living my best life, um, just exploring what I wanted to do, I dated myself. I set a standard that not only did I hold myself to, but to everybody else. So like, if I felt like I wanted a three hundred dollar dinner and some wine, then that's what I wanted. Did I'm talking about? I would be so like um, flamboyant about it. I'd be taking pictures as I walk, like taking pictures of my silhouette in the um, in my shadow on the buildings as I walked past. Like I was admiring myself so much. I was pumping my own head up. I had to build myself up from this fictitious place that didn't even exist. Mm. I was like making myself like the most beautiful woman in the world just so that I can try to get through my hurt. And so I Mm. I did it long enough and I just learned that had I loved myself, as much as I faked like I loved myself during that time, like Uh I would be a force to reckon with, like to be reckoned with. Like I put on a facade that I was the abundant, that I loved myself, that I could achieve anything, that I could do anything, that I had these high standards. When in reality, I was dealing with some hurt, dealing with some pain. Um, and I still deal with hurt and pain sometimes. But the difference is now I know my value. I know where I sit in it. And right. I know what I will and won't take.
2: What about for you ladies? Uh, what do you wish you'd known sooner?
3: I wish I would
4: have known how beautiful I am sooner. I dealt with a lot of self esteem issues, you know. Growing up, growing up was hard, you know. I'm, I, I was, I was the dark skinned baby in my family, you know, and I didn't know, you know, my parents. Of course, your parents tell you're beautiful, but when you grew up in, right. grew up in the 80s, 90s, I mean, we wasn't in style. I'm gonna be honest, we wasn't in style. You're
3: right. You completely you're completely right. right.
4: You because I wasn't in style I felt it and I didn't look like my sisters so my my Mm -hmm. eldest sister was very fair and my middle sister she's she's maybe she's lighter than me but she has like real big curly hair so they all kind of fit into this box that I didn't fit into and so I spent my childhood being teased you know um But as I'm an adult, what they teach me with some of the most beautiful people in the world, they said, like, oh, where are you from? Ethiopia. And then when I looked at Ethiopians, when I, you know, found out that they were some beautiful women, I was like, well, that's actually a compliment, you know, but (laughs) when you're a kid, it doesn't feel like one, you know, I I wish I knew how beautiful I was because it would have saved me a lot of damn heartache. Mm. And I had an ex-boyfriend, he was a horrible ex-boyfriend, but I remember one thing he used to say to me, he said, why do you treat yourself like you're ugly? He was like, "I wouldn't date you if you was ugly." He said, "You got me and another dude arguing over you. Why do you treat yourself like you ugly? You let us dog you. We you don't have to." And this was a boyfriend who told me that. I, I think that was eye opening because I'm like, "Man, you dogging me? You telling me that I'm allowing you to dog me because I don't realize how pretty I'm that I could just really walk away. Like I don't do. No woman deserves. I don't care how pretty or ugly she is. No woman deserves to be dogged." But his point was. Right. I was functioning in a, a, a level that I shouldn't have, and he told this to my mom. He's like, "I don't know why your daughter goes through this with me. She's she's beautiful, and she has stuff going on. She has stuff to lose, you know. She has like a woman who doesn't." Yeah. And I'm still a
2: little suspicious of the guy who wants to be both. He wants to be the good guy and the bad guy, right? You know, you can't he have the both a- ways.
4: He is a psychopath. I will say that he's a he's a brilliant <laughs> psychopath. And he is a psychopath. I warn, women love him. I warn them: enter at your own risk. I said he will steal your identity. Right. He was
2: Oh my god!
4: He is. He we is a psychopath. <laughs> he's, a, he's handsome. He's like one of those lifetime movie handsome guys. You see him, you're like, oh my god! Like, got the green eyes, nice shape, dry in cars. That's what it's he, it's he, he's
5: the,
2: he's, the, he's the real swindler.
4: You
5: sure
2: that's not my ex? He could be. Ex. When I got into those 40s, that was when I realized the good-looking ones, them the ones is going to wear you out. Leave them alone. It's a reason they're single and so good-looking.
4: Mario, that's not true. I had an ugly one. Rayanne, though, I had an ugly ex-boyfriend who put me through hell. He was so oh, ugly. Oh, no. <laughs> it was definitely ugly. My friends used to scream what well, ugly. And I promise y'all he was the biggest dog I knew. He actually got mad at me because I broke up with him and he married the girl he cheated on me with on my birthday. And he told me the reason he did it was because I didn't fight hard enough for him.
2: Wow. See, this is the part of dating that I don't like. I don't do the games, right? I don't play games with my friends. I don't play games with my family. I'm not getting ready to play games with my in my relationship. I don't play games, period. Like video games or none of that, right? I don't have time for that. Sophie, I got to come to you. What is that thing you wish you would have known sooner about going along this path of dating and relationships?
5: My participation in your bullshit is optional. I'm writing that down. I could have saved myself so much if I would have just took that to heart sooner.
2: And when I think about this, this question, it comes down to communication. I wish I would have been a better communicator when I was uh, in my early years of dating, like 20s and 30s. And after my last dating relationship, remember I told you guys the best way to learn about yourself is to see yourself through the eyes of another person. In my last dating relationship, I got a clear view of myself because I was with someone who had a communication style exactly like I did. And it was not fun. Like someone who doesn't talk about their emotions, or their feelings. They're super guarded. They can't get into that space of vulnerability. And as the months went on because in this particular relationship I dated this guy for like 6 months, we go traveling, we, you know, hang out at my place all the time. We were just like stuck to each other like glue. There was always this nagging suspicion in me that he wasn't really going to stick around. But for the life of me, I couldn't understand why he was still in the picture, and one day it just ended, right? It was just like, oh, I'm tired of this, you know, see you later. I was like, okay, alright, so I get it now. I did try to communicate with him, and every time I got into you know, the space of, you know, like, what are you thinking? Where do you think this is going? How are we defining this? There was, was always a stone wall. And again, that was me. I was looking at myself doing the same stuff I have done in past relationships. So, That leadership really taught me that you've got to communicate, right? And it's not always going to be easy, right? I know that those things that I'm afraid of being judged about or called out on, I'm just delaying inevitable when I don't communicate about them, right? They're either going to come out in a space that is conducive to talking about it and fixing or resolving whatever the issue may be, or they're going to explode. So now I'm just taking the route of the path of least resistance. Look, this is who I am. If we're kicking it, and you do something that ruffles my feathers, I'm going to tell you. Right? And I'm not going to be giving you the silent treatment and, you know, pretending like I'm okay when I'm not. I'm going to just tell you, like, here's what you did. I didn't like it. Like, please don't do that again. And we can keep on going, right? I I don't have to stay in that place forever. But the communication to me is just so important, but it baffles me that it is just such a challenge, especially for men. Now, I don't know about the ladies or the ladies side, but for men, it is one of the most hardest things to get to do. to do is to communicate with you. Even if it's something simple about, like, what time you want to go to dinner, all right, or where you want to go. And you know, you go through all of these text exchanges only to realize they don't want to go to dinner, they got, you know, give you some lame excuse, like, oh, I gotta do that. And you spend all this time, you know, trying to communicate with this person. It's just you know, just say that. You know, you know gonna hurt my feelings and say, I don't want to go out with you anymore. But say that. Don't leave me thinking that, you know, you're still interested when you're not.
5: If communication is a hard thing for men to do, and men tend to avoid the path the the confrontation. Because they fear our reaction or they always want to say that women are too emotional to have, have hard conversations when really it's their avoidance of wanting to communicate that kind of feeds into that. You know, right. how as a woman do you create that environment for him to be, how do you create that environment for him to be able to have those conversations and as a woman who communicates like a man, I'm terrible at being vulnerable. So how do I sit here
2: and I'm there, with you. I'm there with you, Sophie, and I'm going to say something that's probably going to be really controversial when, when people hear it. Stop finding men that you got to teach how to communicate. Like, that is best the path, a path of least resistance. He might be everything that you have dreamed of and imagined, but are you willing? Is it in your circle of toleration to teach this man how to communicate with you as a, as a grown man, as an adult? the same way you would teach a child. That's not something that I think you can teach, right? Number one. You can support someone developing communication skills, but you can't teach them to them, right? It's gotta be something that they value, number one. And if it's not one of their values, then they're not gonna do it. The second thing that I think is is just a major roadblock with what i consider to kind of psychologically make someone over, And in this context, we're talking about how do you teach a man how to communicate? Sometimes the communication takes them to a place where they don't want to be, might be in their feelings and emotions, and they don't know how to navigate that space. So you have to ask yourself, is this in my circle of toleration? Right? Is this within the bounds and and the limits and the boundaries that I have of what I can tolerate? Some people say yes. For me, it's enough. I don't have time to teach a grown adult how to communicate with me in a relationship. I want you to come in with that. In fact, what I want is you to help me improve some of my communication skills, right? So I want to be equally yoked at, at the very least, but if we got to be out off balance, I want you to have a little bit more than what I got because I want to learn a few things. Right? So that would be my my, my answer, Sophia. Um, it, it, it's not really something that I would sign up for like especially at 47 <laughs> I'm not trying to teach somebody older than me <laughs> how to communicate I don't have time for that show up with all the skills and stuff that you're supposed to have work on your stuff and then when we hook up together it's like you said it should be a complement of each other you should fill in the gaps where I'm, where I'm you know weak and our strengths should just double as a result of that We've talked a lot about what love looks like, horrible dating relationship. Do you have the ideal relationship that you want right now in your life? And if not, what does the ideal relationship look like for you?
3: I'm going to assume, and I said assume, knowing that the first three letters is ass, right? I'm going to assume <laughs> that I am in the ideal relationship for where I am in my life. Uh, this works. It's nowhere near perfect, right? I believe it's ideal because it is working. So that may not answer your question directly. It's sort of talking all around it. But the reality of it is ideal is so relative, right? Right now, this is working. We like knocking this real estate game out from all angles. We are great business partners, if nothing else. Um, But we also, we get each other though. Like we just do. And it's not all the time because there's some things we're going to forever bump heads on. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, But for the most part, we have way more happy moments than not. We have way more times where we want to be together than get out my face, right? And so for me, that's ideal. It's ideal that I am in a space where... I'm okay if it stays
2: exactly like that. And this is a little bit of a, quick, uh, of a trick question, right? Because I use the word ideal, which means you've got to tie yourself to some concept or construct. And we're all old enough to know by now that life doesn't always work out that way. You know, what we think we want and need doesn't always show up to us. And if we're not open enough to see beyond what we think we need, we actually might miss what's
4: best for us that's right in front of us i i think to Ann's point if let me just preface if i would have met my boyfriend when i was 20 we wouldn't be together i say that to say he is ideal for 41 year old ivy he wasn't ideal for 21 year old ivy we wouldn't have worked out we had we were aligned totally different i hope again that we laugh uh, we last a lifetime but I know that where I'm in, where I'm at now in life, what I'm doing now in life, what my what my career trajectory look like, what my social life looks like, he is ideal for me at this moment in my okay. life. He has been ideal I like for, that. Me for the past four years. But yeah, and I tell him this all the time because <laughs> we ran in the same circles and never met each other, which was weird, right? Because he's like friends with some of my very close friends. We went to high school down the street from each other, our parents live close in the same neighborhood. We never met each other. And I said, because if I had met you, then I wouldn't have appreciated you and we wouldn't be here.
2: Oh, that's so good. That's so good. You just, you hit some things that I, I just, that resonate with me. And that one thing that you said about, he's ideal for me at where I am right now, right? I love the flexibility of that, right? Because it's like, this is working. And I can do this, but when it doesn't work, I don't have to be committed to it simply because we've done it for how many ever years or because of who I think you are and it doesn't match who I want you to be and my uh, belief that you can be that person. Maybe it's time for the next ideal person to come on based on who I am and the version of myself that I am at this point in life.
4: And, and then, Mario, and I think with women, we put ownership on relationships, right? Like we put ownership on, like I own this person. I, if I love you and I say I love you unconditionally, that means there's no conditions today. So that means if my boyfriend right now, as hurt as I am, decides that I no longer am his ideal woman and whatever I have done no longer suits or aligns with his own personal vision and mission and he gets up and walk away, I have to love him enough to let him go.
2: And yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't want somebody who's Just kind of you and and lackluster. They lukewarm about you. I like you sometimes. Like, who wants that? Sophie, what about you? You've you've had quite a few experiences and you're at the single, living a single life now. What's going to be an ideal relationship for you?
5: For me, I'm in my ideal relationship with me. No, that's Okay. I am in the best relationship I've ever been in my entire life with me. Okay, and I say it that way because, long story made short, when COVID happened, I I asked God, if you let me come out of the other side of this unscathed, I promise you I will not come out the same way I went in. Uh,
0: and ooh. I took
5: two years to do work. I realized there were some things broken in me that needed to be put back together. Some things need to be thrown out. Some things need to be re- rehabilitated. Mm-hmm. I I I literally took that time you know between 10 year and 6 month you know situationship working on me so right now I'm in the best relationship of my life with me I'm very clear about who I am now, what I want, what I will tolerate, what I won't tolerate, was acceptable, right. absolutely unacceptable, hard deal breakers.
2: And that, that's amazing. That's an amazing space to be in. And, you know, after I got divorced, dummy, I didn't spend any time like trying to go through the morning of the loss of the relationship. I jumped right back in the bed and it wasn't immediately, but it was still way too simple. And now that I've had the opportunity to be away from both of those past relationships, my, my, my marriage and the last dating relationship that I was in, I've taken that time too, like you, Sophia, to just work on myself. And again, I'm, I'm going to say this for the third time, and I won't mention it again during this, this call, but I have just been practicing to see myself through the eyes of other people. And, and when I say that, I don't mean that I'm allowing other people's judgments and perceptions of me to guide who I need to develop into, but I use it as observational data. Things that I need to know about myself that I'm oblivious to, right? Like I I tend to have a very uh, controlling and commanding presence, right? When I'm ready to do something, I'm ready to do something. I'm I'm not looking to wait around for five or 10 minutes. I'm ready to do it. But that doesn't necessarily work out in a relationship. And I've had to learn how, to address some of those things.
5: Knowing you for as long as I've known you Mario, I always felt you were very introspective. You were always aware of of who you are in in spaces.
2: Yeah. I don't know if that's, that's a gift or a I mean, curse.
5: It, it, it's actually both and you and I share this in common like me you we've never really cared about you know the opinions of dot dot dot. And right like, we, now that yeah absolutely We've always lived our life very open and bold and feel how you want to feel. It has no bearing on me. And it's interesting to hear you say, you know, observing yourself through the eyes of others, when the, the part of you that I love the most is the fact that you don't care about the others.
2: Yeah. And, and to your point, Sophie, I'm, I'm still that way. <laughs> I don't give a rat's ass about what folks think about me. And simply because and people think that's flippant, right? They're all oh, you conceited. I've, I've had people call me conceited. The things that I know about who I am, I don't negotiate those things. That's, I, I, don't, I don't get into power struggles about who I am with other people. Me seeing myself through the eyes of other people is more of a holistic view of who I am. It's that 360, right? Because I can stay in my head all day and think, you know, this is the person that I am. But I got to pressure test that at some point, right? I got to go out into social circles and, and environments and see if what my idea matches how I am coming across to people. And I'm not saying that I need to align myself to their perspectives, but I want the data, mm-hmm. right? I want to know where I can fill in some of the gaps because I'm on the journey to be the best Mario that I can. And I can't do that without some type of feedback externally from other people. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'm still that dude. <laughs> we were talking about harbor dating experiences. I'm telling y'all this one, and we'll move on really quickly. I was living in Atlanta, and I met this guy. Um, it was right after, like, Hurricane Katrina, and he in this place from the hurricane. And um, we met, we talked, we, you know, we, we, I won't necessarily say we hit it off, but we got along. So we set up a time to have our, you know, go out, I guess it's a date. first day we went out to dinner. And when I met him, like in person, like face to face, I just got this feeling that it just sat in my stomach like, oh, I don't know about this guy, right? And it was little things like he was kind of argumentative. He was just, you know, very short. And like, made, like, he was in a bad mood that day or something. I don't know what was going on. But when walking to the restaurant, and I don't I can't even remember what the guy said to me. All I do, all, all I know is I remember everything faded out and I was just walking by myself. And when I look back, I don't even know where that guy was because I walked away from him. I didn't say anything to him because I knew in my mind at that moment, this is not gonna work. Right. I'm not gonna go in this restaurant and spend my money because this back in the day when I was struggling, right? I was like in my twenties. I'm not going to go in this restaurant and have a horrible dinner experience with you and have to pay for it. Right. So I walked away from it. And and to like Ray's point, never even had a conversation about it again. To this day, this guy still sends me messages. Like I I want us to reconnect. And I'm like, no, I walked away from you for a reason. And that's what you're going to (laughs) say. Well, ladies, listen, this has been, a wonderful conversation, and we're coming up on our time together. But I do have a couple more questions for you, and I want to have a little fun. If you could date someone famous, who would it be, and why?
4: I would definitely date Usher, uh, even though you know he probably has some infidelity issues.
3: So, if I could date somebody famous, it would be Fifty Cent. Judge somebody else, not me. But Curtis Jackson is an amazing businessman. He is an amazing business okay. man. And if it's something about me, like I love to make coins. And um, when two people making them together, like we just gonna do everything and have everything. And his business sense is um, really amazing. Um, and if okay. you listen to his book or even read it, um, his latest book, it is so informative. And it just makes a huge uh, difference in how I looked at him. I used to think he was, Fine, not that he's cute whatsoever because he looks like a gremlin. But I say I put a paper bag. Not the a gremlin,
2: which one, Which one, Ray? Is he sight or or Gizmo?
3: Um, <laughs> it depends, right? Because sometimes he looks like Gizmo and it's like, oh, he got that good angle and oh, he, he looks kind of handsome like this. And then other times he looks just like a little Martian, like little Um <laughs>
2: I can't with you.
3: But yeah, it's something about him. And it's like the fact that, you know, he will take something and turn it into something much larger. Um, I would just have to work on him with his trolling because that don't work for me in my brain.
2: But the rest of him... Yeah, that was the first was- thing that came to my mind. I was like, he's a little bit chatty uh, <laughs> when it comes to, like, speaking when he's really <laughs> speaking out of turn. Like, some stuff you just don't have to talk about. It.
3: Yeah, but, but, you know, we all need somebody to hold us accountable. And True. True. I, I just don't think he has the right people in his life. And if he had somebody like me in his life, I'd be checking him every time he did something that I thought was foul. And be like, wait a minute, you're not about to be out here embarrassing me like this. Like, I'm building my brand. We're doing this. Because we're
2: right." <laughs> All right, Curtis Jackson, you heard it here first. If you're looking for someone that can check you and really tell you what's going on, it's right. That's <laughs> you mean, might that's have right. to wait, though, because she's already married. I
3: can you. say my husband will see him down.
2: All right. Sophie, what about you? Famous Dizel. person that you could date. Who cool would have been?
5: Denzel Washington still does it for me.
2: Morris Chestnut is
5: second.
2: And Morris Chestnut. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was a
5: good one.
2: The chocolate factory.
5: Please and thank you. <laughs> Denzel is just so regal and elegant and he's he still got that, that edge to him, but he's so he's so thoughtful in what he does, and it's so attractive to me.
2: Usher, Denzel, Morris Chestnut, and 50 Cent. It is truly the Chocolate Factory lineup right here. So, I've got one final question. I'm i am going to make you think a little bit here. Who was the one that got away? And what happened? Why did they get away? None of them.
3: They are gone <laughs> for a reason.
2: Fran, what about you? Who was the one?
3: So actually it was my husband, my current husband, way back in the day. I'm talking about at least 15 years ago, we bumped into it. No, maybe about 12 years ago. We bumped into each other. I've never, I had never met him before. Um, Couldn't point him out of a lineup if I needed to. And his energy was so solid. I literally looked at him and looked at his sister and said, that's going to be my husband. And it was so weird because I was actively in the marriage. I knew absolutely nothing about him. I later found out that he had a girlfriend at the time. And their their whole family joked about this, uh, that some strange lady walked up and said that's going to be her husband. Fast forward, uh, and, and again, I was in a marriage. And that was so odd to me, but that energy was just there. And it was like, okay, I ran into him at a prom. Maybe five, six years later, I'm almost divorced. And I saw him, and I was like, look at my next ex-husband. I was so serious. And he just flat out said, I'm never getting divorced. And we were married a year less than a year later.
2: That's a pretty so I, tale I really type
3: story. Like, I really felt like he had gotten away, and I knew nothing about him. So I knew nothing about his background. The only thing I knew was his sister and his niece. I had no knowledge of anything that he had to offer, had to bring. He looked like a common, everyday thug. And that is just so not who he is. Um, and it just, it was something about the energy transference. And I felt mm-hmm. like so he had gotten away and he did for some years. And luckily for both of us, we were both just getting out of long-term relationships when we ran into each other again.
2: Uh, what about you? I like- the one that got away?
3: Uh-uh. They got, uh-uh.
4: No. Nah. I don't really believe that. I don't. I believe if they were meant to be, they would have come back. So, um, I I don't believe like anybody I dated, they have all made an exit for a reason. You know, I had one ex. I don't, I don't consider him getting away because we just, I'm too much for him, but I do believe he was a good man. And then when we broke up, you know, I kind of moved on quickly and that hurt him. But, I think the woman he's with now is the woman for him. They're perfect. I wasn't perfect for him.
2: I know I've kept you longer than I, than I promised. So I want to give you your, your life back. And I'm truly honored that all of you agreed to come and share some of your experiences and insights with my listeners. So hopefully uh, they will, there will be some, Uh, Follow up to this, I plan on doing another panel with men the next time, and maybe there'll be some things that we can all come and reconvene and kind of like a Brady Bunch style in the Zoom world uh, where we just exchange more ideas and keep this conversation going. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And for my listeners, that's all I have for you today.
1: I'll see you next time on Gen X Unlacked. If you're feeling burned out or you just can't wait until retirement to enjoy the life that you crave now, schedule a complimentary strategy call with me. As a lifestyle transition coach, I help Gen Xers close the gap between their lifestyle goals and their current reality. Now, I only offer a handful of these sessions each month and they run out quickly. So just click on the link in the episode description to reserve your spot before it's too late. Together, we can create your path to a new style of living.